You're listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, bringing the most inspirational leaders in the Australian tech industry together to collaborate, share stories and exchange ideas. I'm Liam McDade, co-founder of Evolution Australia, and today I'll be your host. Welcome to the latest episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast and the latest in our special talent acquisition series, where we're going to be talking about tapping into emerging talent. As ever, we have a cohort of industry experts who are ready to share their thoughts and insights with you on this topic. So let's get into the intros. Over to you, Michael. Hello, Liam. Uh, I'm Michael Christmas. I'm the Talent and Candidate Experience Manager for Flybys, uh, mainly looking after the recruitment for all our tech teams. Uh, it's a fancy title for being a talent partner as well as doing a lot of other uplift projects on the side to make our recruitment uh, internal culture and processes better every day. But uh, yeah, keeps me out of trouble. Okay, thanks Michael. And Candice. Hey everyone, um, my name is Candice Joseph. I'm the Manager of Talent for Corporate Travel Management, um, CTM. Um, we're a, a global travel management firm. Um, as you know, there's been a lot of change happening in the travel space for the last 12 months, and my role is really focused on ANZ, Remit, um, leading our talent function um, and working through a whole bunch of change and digital transformation. But, yeah, I'm really um, passionate about the, the talent space. Uh, I'm always interested in connecting with, with emerging talent leaders, DNI allies, um, Caboodle, dog enthusiasts, you name it. Uh, I just, just want to keep it open. But, yeah, really interested in connecting and um, starting a conversation on how someone could potentially fit into CTM. So, yeah, great to be here. Awesome. Thanks. Great to have you both with us. Um, so to today's topic of tapping into emerging talent. So it's no secret that the battle for talent, especially in the tech industry, is as fierce as it's ever been um, and increasingly feels like there are more jobs than people. Um, despite the perceived economic challenges in the market, the growth and scale ambitions of Australian tech companies doesn't seem to have dampened, and as such, the demand for talent is only continuing to increase. Fortunately, the number of people entering the software engineering workforce, either through university graduation or career change, is increasing year on year. So this emerging talent could provide some light at the end of the skill shortage tunnel. Which is why today we're going to discuss how companies can identify, attract and engage people from these communities. Um, and this brings me very neatly to what Michael uh, wants to talk about today, which is how do we define emerging talent and how do we identify it? So Michael, I'll just bring to you to um, give some, some, some thoughts and insight onto that. 100%. And uh, I have to say, I'm slightly um, distracted by Candice's comment about loving oodles. I've got a cavoodle and a spoodle, and now I just want to talk about that. But we'll, we'll talk about talent and emerging talent for now, uh, for sure. But um, yeah, when when obviously there's a lot of interesting things been happening around in the market lately. And, and so what is the definition of emerging talent is one interesting comment in, just in itself. So I've been talking about with my talent manager, Connections, uh, Liam, that you and I touched on the other day when we talked about doing this um, as well. So emerging, one word, and talent, the other. Very intriguing. I've got some thoughts on both. And then how do we identify it? And I think you've um, actually touched on something there on your intro, which perfectly flows into uh, what I was initially going to touch on, um, which is people entering the workforce. And I think that's what a lot of people sort of um, think of first when talking about emerging talent is uh, grad programs and, and who's coming into the workforce, the newbies, the young people and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to obviously talk more locally to how we're doing things at Flybys and I'm going to try not to plug Flybys too much, but obviously I can relate to the projects that we're working on and the success I think that we've seen and had here as well, just in general. So I'll talk about generally the, the projects that we've had success with. Um, but yeah, just because... Um, the size that we're at and the, lot, the, the vast amount of growth that we've experienced and been going through over the last few years since Flybase branched out and became an independent entity, um, we've got a lot of senior people. Um, and so I know that a lot of larger organisations already have set up or are looking into implementing grad programs and things like that. But my thoughts swayed more towards that, and we, we touched on it slightly earlier before we started recording, talking about what's been going on in the market. But there's been a lot of movement in the market. I think we can all report, everyone listening to this, you guys included, a um, lot of movement in the market during the post-pandemic. Um, there were a lot of redundancies. Um, then everyone needed to regrow. 
their teams and most companies have brought on a lot of new people, either as part of that growth or to backfill resignations with um, all of the movement happening in the market. So personally, we brought on over 144 new people last year alone. Um, and that's for a total size of a company of uh, 320 or 400 if you're including contractors and, and consultants. So that's, uh, you know, growing, you know, by third of our size. Um, that's a lot of external movement and a lot of new faces that have been introduced to the business. And so I would argue that um, the emerging is already within us, that existing emerging talent pools could be within your own organisation already, um, especially if you're of a size, a mid-level size like like Firebuzz is doing. So the focus for us is definitely on developing current talent. Um, and I definitely see developing current talent back on the rise when talking to other people. Um, the, the market seems to be back to the long-term focus from talking with candidates, from talking with what other people have heard as well, um, both from the organisational side of things, but for the emerging talent. So people want to see a career path, um, in my opinion. Now, last year, uh, or you know, fairly recently, we implemented uh, what we call Savvy Careers, which is a, quite a fun tool. It's an analytical tool on our hub um, that uh, anyone within the business can access. We've got all our position descriptions on there, all the roles within the business. So no matter what level you're at, whether you're new, whether you've been there for a little while, you can jump on, you can look through the position descriptions, um, look at roles that you're interested in, fill out some questions. Um, that'll then uh, create a report, um, analytical report that you can then um, go to your manager or come to, I see within the people experience team at Flybys. So that includes HR, internal comms, um, lots of other jobs in there as well. Um, but come to us, we'll help support you and alongside your manager work on supporting the development into your dream role from this analysis report, which gives us a really good stance. So we wanted to implement tools where people can be proactive about that, um, you know, and you come to us if you're an emerging talent um, and stuff like that. Um, other things I was noticing that we're obviously doing and we're still uplifting these, but shadow initiatives. Um, I think are very, very important. Um, the, the movement around the market led me to believe that people want to diversify. Um, I was always back in agency. I come from an agency background in recruitment, encouraging people to go and diversify their profiles and, and you know, go and get different exposure and stuff like that. I think that you can get diversity and uh, exposure internally instead of seeking it externally as well. So always providing those opportunities for people to go and sit in on with different teams, different projects. Can you do one day over here? Being flexible so that you can both have cross-collaborative uh, environments, but also keep that engagement and fulfillment within your teams internally as well. So it's, there's win-win-wins there. Um, and these and I, I, think, I think that's an important distinction, actually, um, that you're yeah. talking about there, because I think if you ask, you know, ask 100 people what the definition of emerging talent would be, yeah, 80, 90 plus would say, oh, the new people coming into industry from university. Mm. That, that would just, that's the that's the logical um, you know, conventional definition of that. And I think um, there are only, um, there are only so many graduates um, available um, for, you know, all the companies that are looking to, um, to tap into emerging talent. Um, but also there is, there is a requirement for, um, for people who have commercial experience and, and, you know, grads and new people coming into industry obviously don't have that or, or have mm. very little of it. Um, and look, you know, I suppose I have a, <clears throat> I have a slightly different, um, look at that through a slightly different lens being, a, you know, still, still, you know, work on the agency side. Um, and it, it's been, it, I suppose it's been really encouraging how many companies are now more open to looking at this as a, as a, as a long-term solution to a problem that isn't, isn't really going away. Like we've been talking about this for, three, four, mm. five, ten years, um, the other skill shortages, particularly in technology, particularly in Australia. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, I definitely noticed an increase in um, in clients being willing to invest in people earlier in their career. Um, but equally, to your point, Michael, looking within their organisations, say, OK, well, um, we're looking for people to come into the software engineering team or the product team, whatever it might be, on the technology side, and actually looking into the traditionally non-tech roles of who do we have in the business that we could cross-skill yeah. across into yeah. that. Because those people, they know our business, they know what we do, they know how things are done around here, the values, the in the culture, um, and looking at emerging talent in 
not without the confines of them needing to be between you know 20 and 25 which i think is conventionally how how people define emerging talent um so that you've you know that the flybys have got um you know a formal structure and, and process and tool around this um that actually sounds really good it sounds like there's you know there's a, a lot of thought has gone into this in terms of <clears throat> and i think this is the, this is the crux of it this is a problem that's not going away how do we solve it um, you know, I think for a period there over the last probably two or three years, how people were or companies were, were some companies were trying to solve it was we'll just throw more money at the experienced people. Well, that's <laughs> there's only so yeah. much, there's only so far. Yeah. Go it was not a sustainable then. solution by right. any means, exactly. and it, it definitely uplifted the market, which we all had to try and compete with. But um, I'm definitely seeing end of last year, this year, that's starting to sort of plateau out, which is is brilliant. But um, yeah, and I think that there have been some economic challenges that have probably expedited that, but I just couldn't see God. You know, Definitely. But it, it's not going it's away by any means. No, no, no. I, I was talking with happening. the CTO the other day about the, the next generation. You know, like everyone talking about, oh, there's overpopulation on the planet, but in the workforce, there's actually a, a huge um, lack of resources um, because people are, are not having as many kids these days because uh, all these other factors. So, um, there's actually going to be soon in the next five, ten years or, or whatever, the next generation that's coming through is uh, is going to see a huge cut in the, the number of people that are available in the workforce. And to your point just then, Liam, there was actually a recent example. I worked with um, a guy coming into flybys for one particular role, completely different team. But I think a lot of people listening to this can report if they're in the tech market, you will have uh, had difficulty finding mobile developers. Everyone's trying to uplift or, or design, develop new applications. So mobile developers are hugely in demand in the, in the tech market at the moment. Um, and during our conversations, our initial conversations and throughout the interview process, he spoke to me about, you know, long term, I was asking about how we can best support you, set you up for success. But really, where do you want to go with your career? And he did touch on um, some elements that he's interested in mobile. And so obviously, the first thing that I did was go to the, the mobile platform lead and go, look, we've got this guy working with a different hiring manager, different team, different role, but what are the chances that we could have, you know, a small session once a week, once a fortnight, once a month where he can start collaborating with and start to learn more about that possible career um, trajectory so that we can proactively have another junior guy already in, already helping this team over here, already working on this particular thing, but start to grow him from day one. Um, and that's already being set up. So, Stuff like that is really important just to keep in mind when you're um, speaking with people. Don't just focus on the one requirement that you're you're talking with them about, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Candice, do you have a, a, a slightly different view on that or is it treated differently CTM or you to share those thoughts? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I think Michael's raised um, a few really good points and uh, I'm, I'm definitely in alignment with his view on, um, you know, when, when – when you're recruiting, regardless of the, the type of role, I think that there's always there's this constant shortage of talent we're all trying to work and cater to. But the reality is that the market's evolved and changed so much. We're now seeing a different type of a different caliber of of, of candidate um, almost seeking. They're all sort of seeking more personal value um, and purpose at work and. I think organizations really need to be prepared to deliver on that. Um, the pandemic has, has been a huge catalyst to elevate and change those personal purposes and values. But I think we're all still trying to play a bit of catch up to a degree. And the reality is the market, regardless of whether that's emerging talent or not, but everyone's sort of chasing um, or, or really starting to recognize their value and their worth and wanting to connect with organizations that align with that on a deeper level. Um, and whether that means growth or whatever is important to them, I think it gives them a sense of a strong sense of purpose, value, community, um, which, you know, is all encompassing when you're talking about moving talent around and emerging talent as well. So it's, it's really interesting. I think we're, it's not uncommon to hear that, but I know we're certainly seeing a lot of that at CTM as well, um, where we, we know we're starting to have conversations around internal mobility. We're a global organization. So, you know, it's retaining um, existing staff and making their journeys much more meaningful is, is becoming more front of mind. So yeah, it's, it's interesting that that's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, we're not alone in that journey. Mm. Yeah. I think there's definitely um, a, a shift um, from looking at skills to looking at characteristics and values and, and um, alignment to those. Um, 
you can learn. It's an old adage, right? This is not this is not new, but you can teach someone skills. You can't teach somebody personality and you know and, and a culture fit. And I think um, tailoring your um, identification, attraction, engagement strategies around around those characteristics, around those values, those 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 purpose purpose driven um, you know conversations, um, and, and looking to align with that means that again in terms of looking at this as how do we solve the problem it's the how do if we put that sort of of data that sort of communication that sort of context out there people will align to it so people will come to you rather than always having to go out to market to source and find people um mm. you know for, 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 for certain roles and i think you know i've said this on a, on a, a few podcasts but Genuinely, I, I I think the engagement with the brand and the message and the purpose of an organisation is way 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 more important to um, job seekers or people in the market than it has ever been before. Um, and I think you know this is not a, I'm necessarily talking generationally, although you know I think the you know generations of you know millennials, Gen Z, Gen X. Um, Increasingly, look are, are, are more values driven, which is which is great. Um, but it's being able to present yourself as an organisation, as um, you know, from that context, rather than this is what we make, this is what we sell, these are who our customers are. So, well, this is the problem we're solving. This is the impact we're having on on, on the world, or you know, humanity, or the environment, or whatever it might be. Um, and we're seeing lots of. You know, we have the, the, the luxury as an agency of working with lots of different companies, lots of different sets of values and purposes and, and, and solutions. Um, and it's increasingly common um, for people to make the decision on which of the six offers they get, you know, that, that week um, to to decide which one to take based on which one they align with most from a, from a, um, from a values and, you know, purpose. And, Mm. Uh, perspective. So, you know, I think that kind of that, that, that then takes me to probably the second part of, of, of your um, your subtopic there, Michael. Where it's okay. Well, we've identified them. We kind of we know. Or sorry, we've defined them. We know what emergent talent is, and, and you know where where we might find them. Um, how do we identify uh, these people, these communities, or these groups of peoples, so that yeah. we can subsequently get that messaging out there to them, get that, that, that branding, that engagement out to them. What's the, the identification piece is kind of the crux of that, right? Um, yeah. what, what, are your, what are your kind of insights on that? Yeah, yeah, and you, you've touched on that marketing aspect. That was something I actually wanted to touch on later. So um, maybe we'll um, get time to expand on that later. It's, it's an interesting point I wanted to touch on. But um, but yeah, you guys have perfectly segued into, um, and I really like, Candice, your, your comment on, you know, aligning on a deeper level um, because, part of what I was talking about um, or what I've always thought. I, I mean, my focus in recruitment has always been um, personally attitude and mindset is key. Um, I'm a tech recruiter, so tech skills and knowledge is important um, as are many other elements. But for an example, um, one of my first jobs was working at the Golden Arches. Um, I'm not getting paid to plug them, so I'm not going to talk about the brand. Um, but comms are appreciated, okay? Um, and I'm, I don't see that um, as much these days. I mean, I, I'm, I don't go there as often these days as well. But ju just in general, in customer-facing roles, whatever industry, whatever domain you're working in, or really it's important in any role, but uh, it's the little things. It's, it's being blasé. It's no eye contact, et cetera. I don't see that as much in the market these days, or, you know, especially in the tech world, again, um, close to my uh, referencing my focus, um, often when people are very technical, very skilled engineers, and they're wanting to make that next step into more senior roles, the next thing that a lot of people struggle with in the market is that communication, is turning things into layman's terms, being able to speak with clients, being able to communicate broadly with teams. You might be an amazing engineer technically, but to be able to go the next level, you really have to bring those comm skills out. So um, it was talked about a lot. Previous top skills prediction was coding. Um, we went into the digital age and uh, now the next desired skill, in my opinion, is communication and people skills. So I personally think that making sure while you're looking for all these other things, yes, but better to look for the foundational communications um, attitude and mindset 
and then you can grow from there. So 100% completely agree with what you were saying uh, before, Liam. And um, I don't know if that means um, implementing psychometric tests. Um, I've always been fascinated with psychology. Um, we don't per se have a psychometric test. I, I, I like um, sort of what they, they try to do. Uh, we, we do have a values quiz, though, which leads me back into your comments that you touched on values. So we have a values quiz um, that we send out to interviewing candidates. It's a fun way to get to know our company values better and to see which ones you align with. Um, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes. It's very, very quick. But uh, it also provides us some insights as to why they align with certain values, um, which then helps us to or helps the line manager know how to best support them, um, how to manage them. But I don't like that, that term. But yeah, how to collaborate with them, how to support them. Um, so while it's not a full some psychometric test, it does provide metrics to your alignment with our culture. Um, and that is very important to us when making decisions. So as I said before, Candace, you're saying you know, aligning on a deeper level. I think that's extremely important. Yeah, I think it's, it's incumbent on on the um, the hiring organisation or the you know the agency where there's an agency involved to make sure that um, the story being told about the the opportunity or the, the, the role or the organisation um, leads with those things. You know, I think from from our perspective, when we're um, you know we, we specialise in the software engineering space and, and we're often talking about you know very high tech you know um, software engineering roles. Um, when we're taking a brief from a client or when we're speaking to a candidate, the skills required come at the end of that conversation. That's mm, kind of like, we'll, we'll, we'll get to yeah. that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end, you know. Um, it's all the other stuff in, 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 in the middle. Whereas when I first, first started in, in, in recruitment 20 something years ago, um, all you talked about was the skills. It's like, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? Excellent. Here's the job. And it's mm. just gone, it's just gone the other way around. It's almost like, as I said before, you know, we, well, we could, yeah, as long as you've got a base understanding of software engineering, we can teach you the rest. It's the it's the alignment with with the, the, the values and the purpose and the mission. All these things I'm talking about. But, um, so it, it, incredibly important. So to, to companies and processes that can lead with that type of um, uh, that type of information, that type of context when reaching out to potential markets or to or potential communities, talent communities. Um, I think are going to have an advantage in the current market. What are your thoughts, Candice? Yeah, look, absolutely. Uh, I think the, you know, we, we keep referring to them as soft skills. And, you know, that's that's the, the, the point of difference when you're looking at, particularly in tech, you've got people who are super smart, super savvy around their tech stack and, and how they go about their work. But I think those interpersonal skills and how that, cascades into teams and across the business. I think that that's the unique point of difference. When And I've read an article recently, I think it was, must have been LinkedIn, um, but they referenced soft skills and sort of calling it a power skill. And that's the, that, that's essentially going to be the new norm. That's where we're all going to be. Those, those are the sort of skills we should be tapping into, regardless of the type of role. But I think you, you can't change um, the intrinsic traits of an individual, right? But if you're recruiting to, hey, these are our values, this is our culture, there's alignment there. Um, if an individual's got some great, you know, I know we throw this around a lot, emotional intelligence around how they go about that. I think, yeah, you've got a winning formula already. Um, so it, it really does come down to those intrinsic traits in individuals a lot of the time and, and training people on skill and yeah, it's you can adapt that in in multiple areas, multiple types of roles. But that's just definitely something that's been an ongoing conversation, um, you know, throughout my career. It's just really the point of difference is, is focusing on some of those soft skills and particularly in skill sets. Like I, my last role, I think, um, huge focus on engineers, and you know, there it's it's a different type of um, type, different way to recruit. You know, they, it's it's just very different in, in multiple ways. But I, I think we when you found that five percent uh, that have got both those technical and soft skills, you you you, you just know straight away that's going to be a really good fit. And um, yes, tends to transcend pretty well from a quality of hire perspective as well. Yeah, no, I think there's, there's been a um, uh, lots of interesting conversations that I've been involved in over the over the last couple of years, where you know the with lots more. Um, discussion around EVP and you know, value and purpose and things we've already talked about. Um, and it's, you know, 
which which is which is the which is the driver? Is it the 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 values of the of the organisation or the, and, and the leaders of that company, or is it what the community that we're trying to hire, what the talent we're trying to hire is looking for? You know, do you do you uh, and I use you know um, diversity and inclusion um, as a as an example of this. It's like well, we want to um, you know we want to increase our um, gender diversity to you know to close to 50-50. Okay, well that's great, but unless you before that you've created the environment where you know a, a, a more diverse um, gender mix can feel um, you know, empowered and, 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 and encouraged to um, to do their best work and, and feel comfortable then you're not going to achieve that so yeah which 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 comes first what we need is what we need is a business or what the people are the people that we're trying to hire are looking for and it's a, it's often a a, a a delicate balance between the two because you can't just throw out you know and rewrite your company values based on the people you're trying to hire um, but equally um, you know we need to take that into consideration because there is a skill shortage. There are there are more jobs than people, and there's mass uh, massive demand in the in, particularly in the, in, in the tech industry for the best. Um, I don't know many companies that are that are compromising on the skill or the level of ability um, because everyone wants the best because it's so competitive. And if your platform, your product, or you know, it, it is not as good or built as well as your competitors, then the chances are you will lose out to those competitors, you know, commercially. So it's it's an I think it's, you know, it's an interesting, delicate balance between which comes first, what the company wants or what the people want, um, the people that we're trying to hire want. So is, is there any, you know, any kind of um, insight on that from either flybys or, or, or CTM uh, in relation to that? Well, you, you touch on skills, um, and I completely agree with you because uh, sometimes if, if you're talking about a backfill for example there might be a specific need there's a specific skill that you're looking for but in an organization like ours where we're growing we're wanting to add value like any good organization would at some point you're going to want to add capacity to the teams grow add value i would say that as you said kind of those soft skills which maybe we should be calling hard skills um sorry dad jokes but um is much more important because how, how often have you seen uh, someone post an ad where you know the recruiter might have stuffed up slightly and they're asking for five years experience with a particular technology that's only been out for two years okay we, we've all seen something like that and we all share it and we laugh about it etc but it does reflect that the market is moving so quickly not just with technology but in general with processes methodologies etc so i would argue that you need someone that yes okay right now we might need you to have exposure to this particular skill etc but on top of that, that might not last. We might change the technology stack. We might change the processes, et cetera. So your ability to be agile, to pivot, to be collaborative is much more important long-term than this short-term need. Absolutely agree. I think, um, you know, it's, it's it, call, it almost forces you to have that self-reflection. Are, are you trying to build a culture that aligns with people's values um, as well as fit the, the, the business purpose and needs uh, at the same time? I think it's a combination. Um, we're certainly seeing within CTM, you know, candidates are seeking um, opportunities where they their beliefs are aligned uh, with, with, with CTM. So sustainability has become, a, a, you know, one of those um, prominent um, strategies that we've been looking into and, and, and baking that into our process and from, from not only from a business perspective but from a TA perspective as well. Um, and it's a continuous conversation around um, what are we doing to actually align ourselves to that next generation, whether that's tapping into, you know, we know a majority of the workforce now is millennials and Gen Z, but Gen Z are coming into the frame, Gen Alpha, how, what are we what are we thinking about further down the line to tap into some of those other areas um, and uh, how does that feed into our employee value proposition? How does that, um, you know, work into some of those short-term gaps we're trying to fill from a TA perspective to some of those long-range ones? So it's, it's interesting. I think, uh, work, you know, organisations, CTM, you know, we're trying to make a difference with, within our, our own organisation, but at the same time still trying to, um, you know, build the culture and the foundation in terms of what enables people here, how do we align that, how do we empower people to feel engaged, to feel valued, to feel heard, all those beautiful things that do come together, but it's it takes time, it's energy, it's got to be strategic, so, you, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, you're building and flying the plane, and I, I think we've all done that at some point in our careers, you're doing all of that at the same time to really try and empower and and live by those shared values, so it's, it's forcing organisations, you know, 
talk about sustainability. I mean, look, look at what's happening in the mining industry as an example and, um, you know, becoming carbon neutral and all those sorts of things. I think it's it's really forcing organizations to rethink how they're positioning themselves, not just from an organization brand, but how that feeds into those those communities. Um, that they engage, um, whether that's for talent or whatever else, it's it's thinking a bit more holistically about how they actually go about their business in a and creating more good, I would say, more greater good in in the scheme of things. So it's it's a, it's an interesting concept. Like I, I think we can go in different directions, but it I think with TA you're you're really um, in a space where you connect and understand different areas of the business and how they operate, but it really does force you to think a bit more about how you're in elevating your brand. How, how does that actually connect into those different markets and segments, it, it, you know, it, regardless of what you're trying to achieve? I think it's it, it opens up a whole lot of questions and thoughts around it. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting space when you're talking about things like this and some of the initiatives coming out as well. I love your analogy of uh, building and flying the plane as well, Candice, considering oh. your uh, your domain. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> honey, you know, shameless like plug. That. I mean, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> travel space. We we assure all our, all our customers that our planes are already built uh, when flying with us. But yeah. Well, you've got yeah. you know, your your company's called Flybys as well, so there's a link there. Yeah, I mean, you know. You know. Here we go. I'm going to have to shoehorn the word evolution in here somewhere, aren't I? Uh, just keep up. You're evolving uh, this joke, Liam. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, as you know, as as you know, as as, as generations evolve, um, you know, then, then, yeah, there are there are different requirements, different different expectations from, um, you know, in, in in an employment climate. I think you and I discussed when we spoke the other day, Candice, that um, generationally. Uh, you know, each generation looks at employment or work or career in in different ways from from the from the last. Um, you know, I won't go into the, the, the full detail of what we discussed today because it was, you know, I, I went on about it for quite a while. Um, um, but you know, the, the the generations that are that are you know, if we, to, for for the purpose of the conversation, call them you know, millennial Z and alpha. Um, you know, those generations coming through are looking more, and we touched on this earlier, are looking more for the, you know, the um, the alignment in, in values. They want to be doing something good. Um, and I think that, um, and that good isn't necessarily enjoyable, then of course that's important as well, but, you know, something that is for the greater good. Um, and, um, you know, I suppose, the, I suppose the next generation that are probably just entering the workforce now and, and over the next kind of five, 10 years will have, um, more of a, I think, more of a sense of duty um, in, in the workforce, and more duty to society to um, to do, you know, the right things or to do good things or to have positive impact. Um, whether that's, you know, environment, humanity, people, health, whatever it might be, um, you know. And I think if we look at if we look at the 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 um, the conversation around disruption, right? Disruption is something that we've talked about in the technology industry for. A number of years, um, and I think it started as okay. Well, this is just a commercial opportunity to disrupt banking, or you know, or, or, or food production, or you know, travel, or whatever it might be. You know, manufacturing, retail. We're just we're just going to change it so that we can put it all online, and you know, commercially that that will be a good thing. But actually, I think that disruption. If we're talking about the you know the the, the emerging talent, which is what we're here to talk about today. Um, their definition of disruption is making something better for the greater good rather than necessarily you know changing a traditional industry to make it more um more 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 techy for one of a for one of a better word um you know for the benefit of the shareholders and um you know and 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 you know from a commercial perspective so i think you know and we spoke about again we spoke about this the other day um Candice, but um, you know, in the travel industry, the travel industry's had a pretty tough time of it. Let's be honest. Over the last, you know, two three years, um, and, and equally, it's you know, it's, it, it bears it bears the brunt of a lot of the kind of economic, uh, not economic, sorry, the environmental um, challenges that people talk around as well. So, you know, and I know we spoke the other day where you were you were talking about um, some of the initiatives or kind of practical solutions that you're looking to implement within CTM around, you know, having that. Um, yeah, getting that 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 um, message out there that you know this is something that we take seriously and something we want to be we want to be a part of, you know, taking things in the in, in the right direction and being part of that solution rather than going oh well look, it's travel is what it is, um, yeah. you know. So if that's something Absolutely. you want to want to give a, give a bit more context to. Yeah, look, I think obviously um, 
with the pandemic, travel industry was hit pretty hard. And we've, over the last sort of 12 months, we've been in a bit of a recovery phase, I suppose, um, and just bringing things back online. So it's it's been a really good opportunity as, as a business and organisation um, to reflect on, um, you know, some of those outcomes and the learnings that we, we, we've taken from the pandemic and how to do things differently. And I think, um, obviously, when we're talking about recruitment and talent and and, and re, revamping, almost re, re-entering the market um, and re-establishing those connections, those relationships, re-establishing the brand, it's really forced us to think a bit more strategically uh, and long-range around where, where do we see ourselves and how do we define ourselves in, in another five to ten years and how are we actually evolving um, to tap into some of those um, markets that maybe we haven't looked at traditionally. And sustainability is, is, is front and centre, um, not just travel, but I think from the aviation industry, but that, that does impact us to a large degree. A lot of our clients um, are asking questions around that and that's on their agenda as well as investors and, and whoever else. So it's a bit broader than just our client base and candidate base. I think it's these are conversations we're having across the board. So it's, it's given us a good opportunity to really sit down and think about how we're how, how are we planning to roll that out from a organization perspective? How are we going to embed and you know bake that into our process and our culture and um, have people feel connected when when we are recruiting or talking about what what our long range plans are to meet some of those targets or uh, elevate those initiatives? So it's 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 an interesting um, I guess from a travel perspective it, it is quite subversive um, and I think it's it's not uncommon these days to hear that but it's certainly um, from CTM's perspective you know where we're putting a lot of thought and energy and focus into how we can start developing that and understanding how that will benefit us and not just us as an organization but um, bring that into alignment with some of those individuals in our workforce uh, going forward um, short term and long term so it's it's yeah you, you're almost forced to re-establish re-evaluate the EVP what does that mean? Well, you know, what are we now? We're, we, you know, if post-pandemic, as a travel organisation, uh, what's our offering? What are we trying to do to try and really change and um, affect uh, and, and have impact in the industry in a really meaningful way? So it's, yeah, it's certainly be. I think it's a work in progress. We're certainly, um, you know, we, we have. I think the main thing for us is we're having those conversations, and it's front and centre, and it's not just happening. Um, you know, it's happening at all different levels, and that's we're starting to see that that come through. So, no doubt, where there'll be you know lots of initiatives coming through over the next twelve to eighteen months. But I think that's I don't think it's just us going through this sort of change and disruption at the moment. I think there are a lot of other industries being impacted by that as well, and not just travel, but from from different angles. Um, you know, whether that's volunteering or um, whatever that might look like. Uh, you know, I think there's. There's just this, there, there is an appetite and desire for that, uh, and that's and, and it's not just coming from a candidate market, but that's certainly an opportunity for organisations to really sort of start tailoring and embedding that and and trying to really feed into that in a more holistic way as well. Yeah, I suppose the the um, the, the loyalty industry, Michael, would be less um, kind of uh, obvious as a, a as a, a market right for. Uh, disruption and any you know, impact on greater society as, as as travel has been over the last few years, um, but I guess equally you know, the, the coming into the you know, cost of living, um, you know, financial situation, economic situation that we, that we see at the moment, you know, people will be looking to their you know their their, their retail uh, their favourite retail stores and you know places where they buy their their fruit and veg and their um, you know to 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 help them out with that. Um, and there's, uh, I suppose, there's an opportunity, you know, not not one that we would want to um, to have occurred, but it's an opportunity for um, flybys and you know and, and your industry to have a positive impact on on people's lives, um, society. Oh, it, it was something that I was actually really um, proud of, to be honest. It, it's something I was unaware of and very proud of after I joined Flybys. I've collaborated with the Martech and CX and UI UX team. Um, and so as part of that, every Friday at Flybys, we do a, um, a Friday huddle. So we talk about uh, achievements of different teams, different teams hosted each week, et cetera. So, um, and sometimes they go through and they present some of the, the feedback from, um, from our members. 
um, about the benefits that flybys has had with them. We did another session going through that around Christmas and Christmas is a huge um, element. And I never thought about this because we do a lot of work with our um, with our partners. We've got over 25 partners. Obviously, everyone knows we went through that big office um, works and Bunnings uh, expansion and, and Coles came out, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but one thing that I'd never really realized um, until I joined the organization was that a lot of people save up their points and use them during tough times or um, are going through personal situations. And then when it gets to those times where you still want to enjoy Christmas and stuff like that, Flybys points has enabled them to do their Christmas shop, um, do this. And there are very heartwarming um, examples that they've shared with us that's, um, that's been absolutely beautiful to hear. So, yeah, outside of the, the corporate business world element of our data marketing advertising elements of our um, organization and, and our product, um, there are some real advantages being handed back to the members and, and back to the people, which we're very, very proud of. For sure. Is, is that is that something that you um, leverage or, or you know tend to talk about and publicise through your um, your recruitment process and, and interviewing people through? Other... Honest, it's it's not really. Um, it's it's not something that I, I feel. Uh, it, it's as I say, proud to talk about, but it's not something I really leverage. Like, oh, look, we're we're helping these people in need, sort of thing. But internally. Yes, we do a lot of internal surveys, constantly checking in with people. How can we improve? What's going on? Um, that was one of the things I really liked when I joined Flybys, that we're partaking in um, things, and that sets our actions for the quarter. Um, how can we uplift things? How can we keep growing, et cetera? And we, we put an emphasis on each other. Okay, what, what, what are each of us working on outside of our BAU that we can continue to uplift the environment within uh, Flybys and our recruitment process, et cetera? So, um, as part of that, sometimes things um, have come back. Candice was touching on that, that everyone's talking about it. You guys are looking into things as well at, at, at CTM. Um, but things about how are we being more sustainable? How are we contributing to the environment? So things, simple things, I, I guess, like implementing, um, you know, volunteer days, giving people a day off to go and volunteer. How are we doing things in the office? Are we being environmentally friendly? Stuff like that. Yes, a lot of organizations are talking about this, but are they actually implementing things? And it's nice to see all this data coming through from these um, these surveys that, yes, as, and I think you touched on this again, Candice, earlier about the values that people hold in high regard when looking to, to choose. And, and Liam, you, you said it as well when you're talking about people, in, especially over the last 12, 18 months, have had multiple offers on the table They've all got similar salary ranges. They've all got similar opportunities. How do you choose? It's a, it's a great uh, problem to have, for sure. <laughs> but how do you choose that one? Well, it does come down to, as you say, those important things. You know, what are my ethics, my morals, my, my values, and what is the company doing to align with that? So don't just have it on paper. Um, and, and to be honest, to touch back on our marketing thing, if I can interrupt if I'm, I'm ranting, but it is something that we wanted to showcase that values, that culture, the things that are actually important to people, um, you know, on our LinkedIn and stuff like that. I think there's always an element um, of marketing in, at, in, in a recruiter or talent manager role. Um, but I think it's more valuable than ever right now. Um, I'm just echoing what you said earlier, Liam, to be honest, but to don't rely on your company name, your brand to see you through, yeah. I think, these days is, is my point. Like, it's not what people are after anymore. They don't necessarily need the big names and the large companies to have a fruitful and successful and fulfilling career um, to make their profile look all nice. It's actually quite the opposite. People don't want to be a number in a large organisation per se these mm -hmm. days. So, I mean, everyone's got their own needs, um, you know, lifestyles and things like that. But most people that I'm talking with, they want to leave a legacy. So there are so many startups and, and small businesses and applications being developed and, and stuff as we touched on earlier, mobile apps and stuff that that there there are places where people can spread their wings. And that's what I think people are searching for. So we've had a lot of success promoting our culture and values on our, our LinkedIn and other platforms as well, of course. But um, one of my colleagues um, is in charge of that. And we all input, um, you know, we do little jokes and things, you know, how do we showcase flybys flex? So this is, you know, let's showcase a, a, a photo of my, my manager meeting um, for a, you know, a, a sync meeting and she's sitting in the pool, you know, like, or someone's out walking their dog <laughs> while, we're, while we're collaborating on ideas and stuff like that. You know, it's all important to have that work-life balance these days. People post pandemic know what's important. Um, and I think that really needs to reflect. So, you know, um, ultimately, and again, Liam, you touched on this earlier, I think you need to market yourself um, and the organisation and the culture and emerging talent 
will tap into you. Yeah, no, I think I think there's as as, as difficult as it um, uh, as it sounds, um, but I think personalization is 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 absolutely key here, right? Having a having a having a, a, a set a set message, a set you know a value set, a, a purpose, all these things we talked about earlier. Um, it's really important to kind of seek out how the person you're talking to or the community you're talking to might interpret that and 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 take that down that down that path i think as a you know so before we are uh, we are, have a privileged position as a as a recruitment company as an agency that we work with lots of different companies and my favorite part of, of our job is the, is is having um the ability to tell stories all right about what our, what our clients are doing about where their businesses come from what it's going to what it's doing you know values purpose um, ethics all these things um and actually one of Part of that is when you're telling somebody, um, you know, a potential candidate about a company they've never heard of and send them all these cool things that, that we've been able to learn through through taking the client brief and some of the cool stories, um, some of the cool things they're doing and, and, and you know, the things that do to benefit society or the environment, wherever it might be. Uh, but equally, to be able to tell somebody something brand new and exciting that they didn't know about a company that they thought they knew inside out, like, you know, a, a really well-known brand um, and been able to tell them something that they didn't know about that, about that company. That, you know, this this little pocket of the of the uh, of the business, or this little, this project, or this team, or this you know, this 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 area of of the business are doing this thing, which is trying to solve this problem. And this is, um, you know, why they're looking to, to hire for this role. And being able to tell um, those sorts of stories and give that sort of that sort of context, um, it's very important that we don't stray away from. From the you know, it's still our story. So we're, we're we're representing our clients. It's really important that we don't stray away from um, you know the the, the core um, uh, sense of what that of what that story is. But personalising it to what that person has told us is important to them um, throughout the initial engagement, the initial interview. Um, you know, it's really it's, it, being able to do that. And you can't always because there's not always alignment. But where you can and being able to being able to have that sort of you know, get that sort of eureka moment out of the out of the candidate. We're like, wow, that's actually something I'll be I'll be I never knew that about that organisation. Um, you know, everyone. Well, let's say at least fifty percent of Australians have a flybys card in their wallet, um, right? Um, probably probably way more than that. But more. Just being polite. Just being just being polite. Your your direct competitor who should remain yeah. unnamed. Um, I've got both. So. Oh no. Keep it equal. That's good. Um, um, but. Um, you know, to be able to tell them about some of these things that you've, you've been talking about today and that we've spoken about in previous conversations, you know, it just personalizes a bit more. It just makes it, oh, well, okay, that's that's something I could I could really be interested in finding out more about. Then we make the introduction and then, you know, and, and then that, that, that conversation goes off, um, you know, down whatever path it, 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 it needs to. Um, but yeah, I think that that's, you know, that, that personalization part is, is key um, because if, if it's not personalized, it doesn't feel personalised. I think everyone wants to feel like they are the, um, you know, they, they are getting unique um, one-off version of that of that conversation, rather than being more of a kind of cookie cutter, you know, the old job spec. Hey, here's the JD. Have a read of that and let us know if you're interested. Type of thing. Yeah. Um, Candice, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, uh, absolutely agree. I mean, don't get me wrong, we still get a bit of that, hey, here's the job description and, uh, you know, (laughs) try and sell the benefits. Uh, I think that still happens in the background. But look, I think I I sort of mentioned it a bit earlier, but I think that connection on a deeper level, I think people are looking to make an impact, to have a role that's got purpose, um, you know, knowing that they're adding value, they're making a contribution. um, And it, it also, I think it helps improve that, um, fit to role and fit to organisation. Um, if people feel valued and heard and seen, and and they feel like they're making an impact, you're you're naturally going to get more productivity and more alignment to to the culture you're trying to create as well. So it's, it's it, yeah, I think just having a, a more authentic approach with how your how organisations are going about things, having a human centric touch to things, elevating thinking about candidate experience and alignment to the market and how does that how is that being perceived as an organization on a you know on a on a much higher level um but it, it's it's forcing us you know ctm it, it you know it's it's forcing us to rethink our approach and um making an impact and um 
trying to still meet the needs of the market, even though we know we're, we're in a talent short market, but thinking of more creative ways to align that and more meaningful ways to make those connections as well. So it's, yeah, so it's an interesting space. I mean, you know, everyone will rage on about how the talent space is evolving and, and all those things. But I think ultimately and fundamentally, people want to make impact where they go. They want to have meaningful careers and they want organizations that align with their values. And it's for a long time, it's probably been tipped the other way where, um, but it's, we're in a candidate market. They've got the leverage. And uh, I think if you're in it for the long range, you've really got to refocus and rethink about how you go about that in a more strategic way. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I'm conscious of the, you know, we've we've we sat today talking about this, and we've made it sound really easy, right? It's not, <laughs> you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 incredibly difficult, and you know, there's you know, hundreds, thousands of companies all all trying to solve that same problem, have that same challenge, and trying to tap into that same, you know, that same um, that same talent community or talent communities, um, which you know increases the. Uh, the size of the the size of the problem, I guess, or the size of the challenge, um, but also there's lots of you know there are some really interesting um, uh, ideas and, and and solutions out there um, that um, you know I think it, it certainly encourages me that um, that the industry is going in the right direction and and there's some sustainability to it um, um, long term in terms of you know being able to to, to staff these um, to grow these teams to grow these businesses to build these products. Um, you know, have these impacts on on, on society that, that the business is looking to achieve. So, um, yeah, look, really encouraging. You know, absolute minefield of a subject. We could probably sit here for another couple of hours easily. Um, you know, <laughs> sharing anecdotes and 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 whatnot and, and our thoughts on these things. But I think, you know, just looking at what we've what we've discussed um, so far today, I think it's, it's, we've covered a lot of things. We've got in, you know, in and out of a few different um, few different kind of subtopics there as well. Um, lots of you know, useful insights. I've been. Making some notes throughout the throughout the conversation of, uh, of things that I've learned from speaking to you, speaking to you both today, um, and you know I'm sure that uh, anybody listening to this will have, um, you know, will will have some sort of you know, takeaway or some some insight that um, will help them in their kind of pursuit of um, this uh, emerging talent community that we, um, we, we we all seek. So um, I'd just like to thank you, thank you both very much for your um, your time and your um, your your. your stories and your inputs today um uh massively appreciate the 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 effort that you've gone to to take time out of your of your already very busy you know it's very early in the year we're all incredibly busy um so <laughs> thanks for taking that time out to, to share your insights um with our um with our audience so um really appreciate that and i look forward to speaking to you both again very soon thanks very much